Hey, how's it going? We are back here again, episode 33, Off the Tape Podcast. This is your host, Spencer Ash Jones. Uh, coming along here as well as our co-host, the fan, and our welcoming back after serving a one-game suspension, our editor, Tibet. How's it going, lads? Yo, yo, it's good to be back. Yeah, I missed, uh, I had to take the role of Tibet last week and, uh, you know, had to misspeak a couple times in last week's episode to make up for everything, so I'm yeah. glad you're back, Tibet. You had to take the role of smooth brain for once. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, that's what I was here for. Well, actually, yeah, it's, sure. it's not really a suspension, I think Tibet probably is just giving the Jeff Skinner, uh, you know, uh, experience there. Healthy scratch. <laughs> big, big time scratch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we needed Tibet to improve his uh, his ways, so we, we gave him a healthy scratch last week. And speaking of, uh, getting on those ways, as we said, it's episode 33. Uh, you guys got a couple of New Jersey numbers beginning with that, or going off with those numbers for us. Tibet, how yeah. do you start off? Yeah, sure. Uh, um, well, I'm not going to lie. Like most of these numbers, I just look them up. <laughs> uh, but my pick is Patrick Roy. Apparently... <laughs> 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 uh, we should should we did you look at where he's from um honestly i only have a small paragraph describing him in front of me and his nationality or anything is uh not here would it help if i told you what? that uh he was from quebec city uh no wait what do you mean not here <laughs> I mean, oh, it's, not it's, there, or it's it's not within the information that I was given from this website. Oh, <laughs> oh damn. Um, okay, well that explains a lot as to how you pronounced his name. Was well, I supposed to go? Really... <laughs> was I supposed to go full Quebecois on this? Yes. Okay. Very much so. Well, I think I think he would probably. I don't even know. He'd probably slash you or hit you over the well, head with the goalie stick after that one. I'm sorry, Patrick. It's not going to happen. Um, he apparently revolutionized the butterfly style of goaltending. That I do know. Um, and according okay. to what I have here, he has also won uh, four Stanley Cups and Conn Smythe three times. Yep. He was also, to bet the uh, last uh, goaltender uh, to win the Stanley Cup on a... Well, the last Canadian team winning goalie, you could yeah, say, with the him. Habs back in 93. Good for him. So that's kind of a cool little thing, too. Good job, Patrick. So <laughs> for Patrick Wah. <laughs> hey, hey, it's Roy. <laughs> yeah, let's see you tell him that. Oh, what, what, what other information you had there, though, with your, your junior hockey name, uh, your name challenger, Tibet? Oh, yeah, the Ramparts. I ain't saying the Quebec name. It's the Ramparts. Battlements. <laughs> Quebec Ramparts. Apparently he coaches now. Well, coaching for a long time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, a couple of years now there. Yeah. No, more than a couple. Oh, the head coach for the Ramparts, hasn't it been like three years now? Four years? No, he was coaching there for several longer. years. Then he took up with the Colorado Avalanche, and then he went back and rejoined the Rampart. Oh, that's right. So you did coach them before. I know. I knew about the Colorado stint, obviously. Yeah, he coached uh, Radulov in junior oh. hockey. I was totally, I totally didn't realize that Radulov <laughs> was with the Ramparts. Nice. You yes, learn something sir. new every day. Well, well, well. That's honestly one of the big reasons why uh, Patrick Waugh left Colorado there, or he quit on them, was because they they didn't uh, like Sakic and Co. Didn't go after Radulov in free agency, and that's why he left wow. Montreal and went for Dallas instead. Huh. 
But, uh, well, for your little uh, fun teaser, fun fact and everything, even Patrick Waugh there. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's only one of two players in NHL history to have won the Conn Smythe and Stanley Cup before winning Rookie of the Year. Oh, yeah, because he was brought in like... Third string yeah. goalie during the 86 yeah. playoffs there and wound up winning the Cup then. It yeah, was so good. You... Pardon? I knew that. <laughs> oh, oh, did you? You gonna tell? You gonna tell? You gonna tell Mr. Roy that to bet? Yeah, Mr. Roy, I'm coming for you. Well, to go along with another fun teaser for all of our listeners out there, and for you too as well. So Patrick Wall was born in Quebec City, just a few hours uh, southwest of him, down in Montreal, on the exact same day that Wall was born. Lo and behold, Mario Lemieux was also born. Huh? Wow. Talk about, you know, the great one of the greatest goalies in NHL history, one of the greatest players in NHL history to have been born on the exact same day, you know, just a few hours apart. Like Yeah, it's actually time, it's time, actually kind of crazy. It, it's it's kind of crazy. Well, it's funny cuz Spencer kind of mentions those two players specifically, but you could honestly say that respective in their positions as forward for Lemieux and keeper as um keeper for there for uh wow geez i almost said roy because of tibet <laughs> good shit yes uh, <laughs> but um it was uh it was kind of funny because you could say that both of those guys are the second best ever of their position in a way almost it's kind of crazy that they're both bored in the same place and they're both the second best of their position because a lot of people consider Lemieux the second best to gretzky and a lot of people consider I mean, don't tell the Quebecers this, but a lot of people think, well, Quebec City is this, is Wa is second best to Brodeur. I nearly just made a mistake there. Quebec. I was going to say. Forgot, <laughs> I forgot Marty. No, no, no. I remember where Marty was from. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to disrespect Marty like that. but like, Unless you're someone from, like, Boston, it's just, you know, Martin Brodeur, and it just Brodeur. sounds like a total massive two shits accent there. God yeah. damn. And uh, I guess the, let's shift away from uh, – massacring this poor this this legend's last name <laughs> to um uh, moving on well i'm gonna i gotta you know this player didn't wear number 33 with ottawa he wore number three with ottawa but i gotta go with probably let's just say the greatest player t- to ever be taller than six foot seven in the nhl i think everybody kind of knows where i'm going with this uh the he, he is, nope he's currently i believe <laughs> worth number 32 oldest, bud <laughs> uh, not not today uh, <laughs> not today i'm letting tibet make the mistakes today thank you uh this man was born in trenchin czechoslovakia at the time i'd like to put he is currently i believe the oldest player in the nhl at 43 years of age turning 44 in about three weeks time i think on the dot he is of course uh known as big z to boston fans to sens fans and now to washington capital fans he wears number 33 for washington currently and he did for the boston bruins sedano chara future hall of famer and i you know what i know um he's obviously big and slow now but you know he uh, he was one hell of a player i remember even for the sens and i think a lot of sens fans will almost say that um us not keeping him is what maybe kept us from winning that stanley cup uh, potentially in uh, in o- in 07 there I don't know. Wade Redden, he led us to the finals that year. I didn't see Jared do that in his four seasons. 
Hey, you're, you're not wrong. However, Chara did, I guess, win the cup and still go to three finals in the last decade. So can't really, I guess you can't really complain about that if you're a Boston fan. Um, but Wade Redden, you know, $6.5 million in the AHL. Who can say they earned that much still riding their own <laughs> private jet plane with the 75K uh, colleague teammates of his? Uh, the wounds go deep. But yeah, I just thought I'd give a Big Z a shout out. And uh, yeah, you know, he's hell of a player. He's... I'd say he's one of the best Slovak players of all time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'll just leave it there. How about you, Spencer? Who's your number 33? Uh, who, you're, I know you're not going to butcher a name, at least, so that's good news. Well, it's actually going to be a combination of your two, where it's a big guy and lots of butchering of his name because you can't go wrong with this Minnesota-born. Uh, he's kind of a free agent right now. Uh, you know, he's unlikely to come back playing. But he's... <laughs> yes, the <laughs> first black U.S.-born player to win the Stanley Cup, hailing from Minneapolis, Minnesota, the 245th overall draft pick of the 2003 NHL Draft, the star-studded defenseman slash right winger that won a Stanley Cup back in 2010, the one, the only, the heaviest player ever recorded in NHL history, Dustin Bufflin, baby. Man, I have, P- I have PTSD from that guy's last name. Like, <laughs> By Fuglian. By um, Fuglian, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. You could almost call the guy Fugly, which is mean. But wait, what was? What did he come in at his heaviest a couple years ago? Like, what, 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 It was like 280-something, wasn't it? I mean, he's, he's constantly listed at 260, but people would say he definitely was 300 at the beginning of training camp. Christ, the man's an O-lineman. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, it's... Anytime he threw his weight up there, it was like, oh, you know, instead of fixing the glass, I had to fix the boards because of the dent made. <laughs> yeah, and he broke the glass a couple times for sure. So, but yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I don't think we're going to see him in the NHL again either. No, 35, and like, he just doesn't have like the aspirations or uh, the, uh, you know, motivation to really come back. He never truly had it you can say before he just enjoyed his time playing there and hanging out with his colleagues and earning his paycheck you know he won a stanley cup early in his career and sometimes that's good enough for some players yeah oh yeah i also just want to one thing i forgot to say that's kind of like a little uh cool thing is you know Obviously, Nicholas Lidstrom led the way with European defensemen, but I think Char was the second uh, second defenseman to from Europe uh, to win uh, to win the Norris Trophy after Lidstrom, and the first obviously Slovak player to do it. And I don't obviously there hasn't been a Slovak player ever since, so that was just something I wanted to point out. And I do want to point out that he was He's six also foot nine Euro to win a Stanley Cup as captain of a team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, I found that kind of cool. And um, I think they said he was the first that was like that won the Stanley Cup, but was, like, in the Eastern Block as well. Kind of, you know, that more Let's just keep stretching it down like it's a Super Bowl and break down every record to something else. And the time era of 1971 in June to maybe around, like, May 13th of 1973, these people were born in that time on a sunny day in the afternoon (laughs) when it was maybe, like, 14 degrees (laughs) to 17 degrees the day beforehand. This guy won it, and he's number one for that reason. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's yeah, it's it's crazy, but yeah. Oh, he's also six foot nine, which is you know a nice height. I like to say. So uh, I'll just leave it at that for Big Z. And uh, yeah. Speaking well, that's of, why in uh, odd one number three was six nine three six nine. Oh my Damn, God. she fine. Chill. 
kill me. Oh, got him. <laughs> got him. Oh, man, I haven't heard that in a long time. Now I feel old. But, yeah, you know, we'll uh, we'll get along to, uh, you know, the recent news of the hockey world that's been going on this past week since our latest episode. And, you know, kind of a fairly uh, quiet week, at least for game-wise. Not a whole lot going on. We nope. finally saw the NHL uh, being able to go around a whole week without any or pretty much, uh, you know, no COVID protocol situations. Yeah. It wasn't until nice. it wasn't until last Thursday of February 18th where finally all teams were out of COVID protocols for the first time on the season. Unfortunately, we saw a game uh, this past week between San Jose and Vegas have to be postponed because Thomas Hurdle was found tested positive. Luckily, though, he was the only one. Everyone else is, uh, you know, tested negative. So it's just the one game that's being rescheduled. But otherwise, like we're looking at nine straight days now of yeah. only one test. So that, that's quite the turnaround, to be honest there. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely looking good uh, for the NHL. And I'm hoping that, you know, as, as the weather does get warmer, it'll be even easier for them to kind of get a grip on things and, and you know in those southern parts of the country it's going to get warmer faster so they're going to get out of the potential of having a second wave you could say that ironically the place that's had the least worry probably has the most worry which is the northern division or any teams that are up sort of near the near the canadian border that might get some more cold weather there in early march because there's always that second wave of the flu so you can kind of think that it might happen with covid but you know fingers crossed it keeps going this way the less news we have to hear about covid means the more hockey we get so we can't really complain and uh, yeah, it's been kind of interesting. I mean, each division's finally rolling, as you said. It's kind of it's kind of nice to see more consistent play because we can see where some teams are at. You know, the teams that have played less, we can also kind of say, okay, well, now we think that that team can maybe catch up in the standings for sure. And speaking of teams that uh, have been caught up to in the standings, you could say that the Montreal Canadiens are starting to get caught up to by a couple teams that have been behind them for a couple games. And uh, the recent slide in form... Uh, we had some big news. I guess it's the biggest news that's come out of Montreal all week. Molson, 69, 67. No. <laughs> I'm, honestly, at this point, with how slow of a week it's been, I might need one. I'll well, bring you so, one, buddy. So the big news dropping there in uh, La Belle de Provence was uh, the fact that the Montreal Canadiens relieved the uh, their head coach, Claude Julien, and assistant coach, Kirk Muller, of their positions and duties. At seeing the two being removed and seeing Dominic Ducharme, Ducharme, uh, Ducharme. being placed with the interim take as a head coach there now. And definitely quite the interesting news, seeing the likes of Julien and Muller both being fired there. What's your take on that, Tibet? <sighs> um, I got disconnected for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Patrick Roy. Good answer, good answer. All right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I got disconnected, but yeah, that's my answer. Excellent. Uh, speaking of being disconnected from hockey, uh, Tibet, um, I was just going to say one thing about this firing is that the Ottawa Senators had likely caused it. I mean, losing two games to the Senators just like that is probably not something that you want to do when you're in the middle of a slide. And I think we just accentuated everything. And uh, yeah, we kind of got we kind of gave Montreal an excuse to fire Julian. It's kind of an interesting. I didn't expect it, maybe. I didn't expect many coaching changes 
throughout the whole season. Like, I, I don't even know if I expected anybody to get fired. So it's kind of interesting that they went forward with it. I guess because of uh, Montreal's weird-ass policy about making sure everybody's bilingual, he doesn't have far to travel from Montreal to wherever he's from in uh, Quebec. So that's good for Claude, at least. But was originally from Blind River, Ontario. Oh. Oh, whatever. It's between, not far. Between Sudbury and Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah. There you Sault Ste. Marie. Find an Uber that wants to make the drive. I don't know. Send him on a bus or something. It's close enough. But it's it's kind of not a surprise. I'm interested to see how this changes Montreal. I mean, just from the other game there against Winnipeg, I don't know that it helped that much. Usually you kind of hope the next game that it happens, that the team kind of wakes up, has a little extra pep in their step, and it just didn't seem like Montreal had that even the other night with uh, Ducharme. And a lot of people say, oh, well, you need some time to change things up, to get things going. Yes, that's true, but I think with midseason firings, usually it's kind of like a thing to get the team kind of, you know, kind of give them a little uh, knock on the head there and say, come on, boys, let's go, let's get some energy, and nothing happened there, you know? Yeah, no, it's also... Uh... Like, like, like what I said too beginning of the season I honestly didn't expect any coaches to be fired with all that's going on and no. really for a GM to have trust in an assistant coach to take over if he really wants to lay down the hammer on the head coach and removing him of his duties uh, but it's certainly something to see there but it's also not entirely surprising with Montreal and Mark Bergman in his position because he, he's quite on the hot seat. He's been around with Montreal since yep. 2012. And he's only had one conference final run to show for his time there so far, way back in only 2014. So yep. he has a lot to make up for here and a lot to prove that he can still be at the helm of his position with the Canadians. Like, in order to keep his job, he like Montreal has to make it to the conference finals at bare minimum. Anything yep. less than that, Bergman will likely be tossed as well come the offseason. And yep. even, of course, the thing, you know, seeing what's going on there. And aside from maybe even a little help of the war room in Toronto helping out with Julian's firing, <laughs> or maybe it's a fact that maybe it was actually an inside job and, you know, it's part of uh, Bell's media and they're all their layoffs. And there's like, sorry, Julian, but you're earning $5 million. We got to cut somebody to help out during this pandemic times <laughs> of our financial yeah. budgets. The Molson family called up the Bell family and they uh, all decided it was time. Well, you know, when, when your arena is called the Bell Arena, you know, I don't care who the owner is, but sponsorship, sponsorship. You got to listen to your endorsements there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it, I think it was more just kind of like, wow, it's it, it it wasn't I almost felt numb to the news. I, I don't know if I just didn't care. Probably that because it's Montreal and I don't really like them. But, you know, in the end, it's kind of one of those things where I was just kind of, oh, wow. I think there's just so many more things going on in the world. You kind of go, oh, okay, well, let's see where this goes for Montreal. Yes, they beat on a slide, but you kind of thought with how hot they were early that it was just a slide, and then that Chloe Julian would pull them out of it, and they'd have a couple good games, you know? And apparently they thought that that didn't happen, and I think you're right about Bergevin there. I think that if, uh, if this slide keeps going, for example, and Calgary or Vancouver get hot and pass them and Montreal doesn't make the playoffs, he's gone. Like, that's it. Like, the moment the season ends, it's it's the day after he's done. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. been around long enough. And honestly, I, I like Bergevin as a GM. I think he does a pretty good job with being able to stock up on draft picks, you know, bringing in death players for potential playoff runs and all that, and even getting better value for players when he is selling. It just yeah. hasn't translated to the actual success on the ice just yet which is unfortunate yep. to see, but I, I think he does a really good job 
being a general manager for Montreal. It just, unfortunately, with Montreal, it's whatever the expectations are. It's you got to cut back like thirty percent of those because it, it, you just look at player statistics alone, and it's not a surprise there. They haven't had like a hundred point player in you know nearly thirty or yeah almost thirty years now. You know they haven't yeah. had even a forty goal scorer in thirty years now. It's it, you know ever since like media really blown up over the last few decades it's everything's a little 10 times fold you got to bring it a little back there and it's just a lot of pressure there just coming from the fan base and even the media there but you know, that's uh, what you get for the passion and love that you get from the, the province for the sport yeah and it's it's kind of one of those things too where yeah you're right it's definitely the media and the microscope that gets put on that I mean, it's it's basically the hockey city, in my opinion, for in the NHL, obviously with the most history and all the Stanley Cups and everything like that. But it's it's just um, one of those things where it just the last 15, 20 years where I've been watching hockey like intensely, I've never felt like I heard rumors of a star being like never heard a guy be in Montreal trade talks like a superstar that was maybe available never heard a U- upcoming UFA be like well Montreal you know Montreal you know I-, I never ever felt like they were that destination and that kind of plays into the fact that they haven't had that 40 goal score they haven't had that guy that's gotten over 100 points and I'd like to just point out getting 100 points seems a little bit easier in the last couple of years with some of those slashing rule changes and the speed of the game increasing you know it seems like a more offensively potent game like you'd think that Montreal would have had that, but they just don't. And you're right. I think that Bergamot hasn't brought in a superstar that, and I think that that's gonna hurt him in the end the most. Like I think not having not having had brought in an offensive superstar in some way, whether draft or not, it's it, that's his demise in the end. I mean, he he loves making his one for one trades and yep. you know trading out a superstar, bringing <laughs> in a superstar. You know, whether it's a Drouin for Sergachev, bringing in a Weber for a Subban. Wind up bringing in a Suzuki and even a Tatar for Lexi Pacioretty there, but same thing. It just, it just hasn't translated to what the expectations of what you know Quebecers want and what they need out there, and even to your general hockey fans of seeing what it is as well. And even the other thing too, of course, being the Montreal whoops, being the Montreal Canadiens, where they need to have the guy at the helm, the general manager, and the head coach have to be bilingual, even more so Dang. French and everything. So, yep. so just going along those lines, it's no surprise why Dominic Ducharme got the interim take and not Luke Richardson, even though yep. Richardson is from Ottawa and likely, you know, has some probably bilingual abilities to his speaking. Yep. It's no, it, you know, like when Bergman basically said, "Oh yeah, you know, Ducharme was my pick here and everything." It's like, was he though for Richardson? Yeah. How much experience Richardson has and everything? You know, yep. Ducharme's only in his third season, maybe even fourth season, right? Third season, sorry, right now with Montreal uh, as an assistant coach. Before that, all in the queue and everything there. So, yep. You know, see what they're able to come out there. But hey, Ducharme's the Ducharme's the guy at the helm right now. He's got to the end of the season, wait and see what happens. But the funny oh, thing yeah. is, is how it's again being Montreal Canadiens, they, they got a lot of shit, hate a lot of sh- uh, Jesus. They're really shattered on number of years ago and a lot of hate from the fans and the loyal fan base that they have uh, yeah. when they hired Randy Cunningworth as their interim tag or interim head coach to finish off a season which just yeah. did not go over well with the fan base 
So you know they're going to stick to a, you know another Frenchman being either the head coach and the GM there. But it's really something to see how, all right, if Ducharme doesn't work out, they have to obviously hire a new guy and it has to be somebody yep. French. So, yep. you know, doing a little bit of research, checking out who, who are some possible available guys. Yes. A little bit of research, I like to say. A little <laughs> bit of research. My man, I, I'm not going to say how much research you did this afternoon because I got to protect you from the government. But my God, <laughs> the, the, a little bit of research is an understatement. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it's fun research though. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Well, I, I read a lot of it after my work hours. <laughs> well, so basically, well, you know, like when you think about it, like free agents and other guys, you know, immediately you have some like you know potential uh, pl- uh, possibilities or cl- or prospects to yeah. select from. You know, you yeah. have your Guy Boucher. He he was with the Hamilton Bulldogs for a few years, so there's a connection there. Uh, you know, you also have Charles Gallant. Even though he's from PEI, he's bilingual, and you've yep. seen the success that he has. It's just kind of weird, with Gallant, how he hasn't been uh, hired for with a new team. You know, there, mm-hmm. it seemed like there's maybe some. It's a little odd the way things ended in Florida and even with Vegas there. So maybe there's something behind the scenes that's not actually being shown and is known and everything, but. His, 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 his record speaks volumes and you know even as a fun little throw out there is also Tibet's pick for tonight's episode Roy <laughs> right. yeah you know Patrick Watt it's uh, you know everyone's been saying how much fun or how funny it would be if he came back and he joins the Montreal Canadiens as a head coach you know he has all that power being the head coach you know uh, GM I think he's even minority if not the majority owner of the Quebec Rempart so and again you know being the frenchman that he is and saying how he'd be open to the idea and the possibility of coaching for montreal uh he definitely gets a rise out of his players it's just he likes to have as much command as one can in junior hockey where you don't necessarily get that in the national hockey league yeah i I was gonna ask like there's definitely a lot of possibilities guy boucher i just can't see them going that way there's there's just no way his his system was kind of at a point, I would say, where mm, the fans know. wouldn't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, the fans probably wouldn't enjoy it as much. Speaking so of fun. fans not enjoying something, we have a certain member that has joined, and I think the Leafs may not enjoy him much. But okay, well, before we move into the Leafs, before we move into the Leafs, um, just to finish up with Montreal. Um, there's definitely a lot of candidates to kind of go through. I know that, uh, Spencer, you had even mentioned Benoit Gruel as an option, uh, potentially as well. He was on the list, I think I saw. Well, so, so just uh, a few names, you know, keep an eye on out there. I won't go through yeah. I'll go through, like, the ones that truly maybe have an idea. Pop out, yeah. So, yeah, as you just mentioned, so Benoit Gruel, you know, he's a head coach of Syracuse Crunch, farm affiliate of the Tampa Bay Lightning. For yep. him, uh, he was likely going to be in there as Tampa Bay's head coach if Cooper had failed last season, but of course yep. Cooper didn't. He's held there. Um, obviously, there's also Joel Bouchard, who's the head coach mm-hmm. of the Laval Rockets. Honestly, yep. he's never won a whole lot. He's only in his fourth season with the Laval Rocket, and he made, he lost twice in the finals in the queue at the Armada. Uh, yep. Another one in the AHL, you have Pascal Vincent, who's the head coach of the Manitoba Moose. Not a lot of success in the queue and hasn't really translated in the AHL resume as well there. 
When you look at yep. a few other names, uh, you know, possibility of one that I honestly think could be a good shot is Alain Nazardine, who's an assistant coach with the New Jersey Devils. He's been out there for five years now uh, as an assistant coach. He's been there for six years in general with them. He was in the final <laughs> running to be named the head coach of the team for New Jersey Devils, but obviously he went uh, along to Lindy Ruff. Yeah. Um, you know, it, so it'll be interesting that, you know, there is throwing it out there because he hasn't signed a contract yet or an extension, but maybe Rod Brindamore, if Bergevin is still the GM, who else are you going to bring in to join him for the biceps club? The boys with the biceps, exactly. Yeah, but that's only if Bergevin's around. I mean, if Bergevin's around, you're looking at a, sh- a total shakeup, so you're looking at potentially a new GM. He also has to be bilingual, so... That's I'll, I'll, we don't I'll, I'll hold off on the GM searches I found yeah. till another time because we're just yeah. talking about uh, you know coaching here. Uh, but you know one uh, one other name potentially is maybe even Newell Brown. He he is fifty nine, but he's the assistant coach with Vancouver Canucks right now. He has been coaching for a long time, but it's I, I would think that he would, he's probably safe. He's fifty nine years old. He's only ever been an assistant coach, so I don't think there's any mm. desire to be a head coach anywhere else but if there's an opportunity maybe you know he's from cornwall so i would suspect that he is probably bilingual there but it's definitely not as big or as wide a list um one other name throw out there maybe is even jim montgomery he's originally from montreal former head coach of the dallas stars he wound up getting fired recently uh because of his uh unfortunate uh addiction problems uh, yeah. But he's obviously it seems he's gone over that because now going with the uh, assistant coach currently with the St. Louis Blues and obviously he wants another opportunity to be a head coach. So I, again, I think there's if Ducharme does not work out, you're like there's no more than ten people to pick from that's a French head coach that had to be had. Yeah, and I'm just trying to think like, are there really any other current? kind of guys i guess you could say born in the 60s and 70s that <clears throat> that maybe are coaching from that montreal quebec area uh, just off the top of my head any other maybe former players that could potentially be interested in coaching that you know because montreal sometimes will do this thing where they just come out of left field with a guy once in the auto aisle that's maybe been in the ahl coaching or the q coaching and, and find somebody like that well it's always been someone is french and has played pro <laughs> hockey in like the nhl before so yeah. it will definitely be interesting where it is a turn of the tables nowadays where some unique coaches are hired with no pro ex- or no NHL experience. It may be some pro yeah. experience. So we interesting to see there and everything. But again, it's not a long list for there and even potential for a GM. We'll get into that another day, but same thing It's potential for not a long list there to select from. Yeah, exactly. And uh, now, so I uh, un, so I, I don't piss off my the fucking editor anymore. Jesus Christ, Tibet <laughs> got got triggered at me. Got triggered at me because I destroyed his segue. That he it tried was to a perfect, Maple absolutely perfect segue. I wasn't having it. I had to finish the conversation with Spencer. No, no, no. Host's rule. We we had to finish the conversation. <laughs> don't make me mute your ass on that editing, though. Uh-oh. You've done it before when I've said some stupid yes, shit. Yes, I have. So you could just say I did the same thing again. Uh, Welcome, Matt. Yeah, I'm here. I, I forgot to mute myself, my microphone, so I did that for Tibet because the audacity thing. And then fucking Benson like barks. 
He fucking barks to leave the room, and so then I go to open the door, and then while the door is still closing because it closes itself because it's a piece of shit door, <laughs> he runs back in the door, and then like it barks to get out again. It's just like what the fuck. So Perfect. wait, are you on? Are you on Audacity right now? Yeah. Okay, nice. I'll stop the recording. Okay. What? Do you dye your fucking hair? <laughs> What? <laughs> what? Why does your hair look so fucking dark? Mine? No, not yours. <laughs> Spencer? Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't. No, it looks fine. That looks like. Oh, maybe it's just the background. <laughs> looks like he's dyed it black. <laughs> no, it's not. It's brown. Okay. We're gonna have to put a picture up now. Huh? No. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Like, his mustache is a different color completely. Well, we know why. Like... I mean... Your eyebrows are the most different color from your fucking hair in the world. Yeah. You can't even comment. You're right. <laughs> uh, you're right. Uh, you're like a squirrel. <laughs> oh, boy. That's funny. Well, welcome, Matthew. We haven't uh, had you on the podcast in a little while. What have you Long been time. up to? I know. Um... Don't get well, me there's started. Nothing to, there's nothing to fucking do. Yeah. Uh, nothing to All right. So, well. last topic here. We'll jump right into it because we got to have Seal's opinion and his thoughts on the matter. All the talk because you got to love Sportsman and their fucking love for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Bringing up Mike Babcock, wanting to get a little uh, better image of him. Babcock sucks. No one likes him. Fucking jerk that he is. Seal, thoughts on Toronto and Babcock. Go. Um, They suck. <laughs> And he sucks. <laughs> and I feel like in in total Toronto fashion, they think like one move is like the best thing ever. Or I guess it's more like because they have an obsession with it. <laughs> Any sort of news about it is like broadcast for like 24 hours, seven days a week. And then they just like constantly talk about it and constantly talk about how it like is or isn't going to be. And they're like always so positive about things that always suck dick. <laughs> So then, yeah, so that's basically like um, they get Mike Babcock and then they just like they just completely obsess on it and they talk about stupid bullshit scenarios for hours and hours at a time because there's a market for that on the radio and then on the on the on the TV. And then uh, he kind of sucks ass. <laughs> Uh, See, my segue was perfect for this. <laughs> there you go. But okay, so speaking of other people that absolutely hate my Babcock, have you? Uh, Spencer has. I don't even have to ask Spencer, but Tibet and Matt, have you guys? Did you guys ever like see Mike Commodore tweet about this guy? No. Oh man, if I, I, I vaguely, I think I heard of that. Yeah. So basically, I, I have some tweets pulled up, and I'll, I'll read an a I'll, I'll read a couple of them. No, yeah. It basically, Mike come and I'll let Spencer speak to this more as well, but. Mike Commodore, it's just been a, uh, he since day one has called this dude an absolute ass, like even before. So when he was glorified in Detroit and then when he was really over glorified with the Leafs, like it was just constant battery online. But the moment he got fired, <laughs> the moment he got fired, Mike Babcock, uh, Mike Babcock, Mike Commodore's Twitter fucking came alive and it was the first place everybody that hates mike babcock went on the internet as you do and spencer do you have the tweets pulled up from when uh or, or you don't eh your eyes tell the whole story there <laughs> but basically the first tweet mike commodore goes for all caps good afternoon folks plenty of exclamation points he's ready to go like the, the keyboard warriors coming out he's like folks i've been dreaming about dreaming about this day or this moment for years 
And then he goes off. He goes, hey, Mike Babcock, the entire Maple Leaf organization has had it with you. The players and the front office are sick and tired of your arrogance. Hashtag Spencer. What does he usually put? Pack your shit, buddy, and beat it. (laughs) And then he says, and beat it, you piece of shit. So this is all on Twitter. Uh, Yeah, he goes off. He's like, hey, Mike Babcock, you're a total failure. Let that sink in, you arrogant prick. And then he keeps going. He's like, hey, Mike Babcock, your daily national TV time is over. Finished. You're a fraud. Nobody gives a shit about what you have to say anymore. Let that sink in, you you arrogant prick. He's like, the, the hockey world is ecstatic. You got what you deserve, you selfish prick. And he just goes on and on and on in multiple tweets like, this is all within, by the way, these are, these tweets are like him thinking of things every 10 minutes, probably <laughs> drunk out of his mind because he's been celebrating for like hours after he heard the news. And it's just really funny because um, I think Commodore, he well, only the, got Well, to the know... funniest thing was like the news dropped and it was early here in Eastern Ontario and everyone's like, Commodore still asleep. It's like everyone's yeah. waiting on him <laughs> yeah. to wake up yeah. and just see the news and be like, all right, before he even like gets on his Twitter, on his phone, the champagne bottles are popped. <laughs> Oh yeah, and I think I think uh, I think the best tweet that he also did was like, um, "Good morning, folks. Is there anything better than taking a Babcock to start your day?" And it's like a picture of a toilet, so it's him taking a shit. <laughs> I love uh, it. That's funny. Yeah. No, it was just it was just one of those events that um, it just showed why the Leafs suck. But it's... I just googled what he was up to. Sorry that. Uh... Because I was wondering, is like I don't remember him being on an NHL team now, Mike Babcock, and the, he's he was the latest the coach of the university hockey team on in fucking Saskatchewan. <laughs> that's that's where he just got hired. That was the big but, news. But that's that, why he came but up again. Yeah, that, that's why his name's going viral or trending now because of course Sportsnet has to talk about a former head coach of the Leafs and what he's up to these days. That's it's either sad or you could take it as he's like in old and wants to just uh I don't know be old somewhere. Old, I guess. He's only <laughs> fifty seven years old. I mean, yeah, I know. Like take a step down. I mean, just like be a, be a old man and <laughs> yell at some kids again. Yeah, you um, know, yeah, these kids aren't paid professionals either, so he'll get away with a lot more, I guess. Yeah, but it's just so stupid. Where it's just like, oh, here we are, Saturday night, uh, you know, talks and discussion and intermission, and we have to bring up the fact that Mike Babcock is going to CIS hockey. Not even fucking college hockey in the States. No, we're going to bring up where virtually no players go play pro hockey in CIS, you know, University Sports in Canada, and he's going to go be a head coach there. We have to tell the world this, because he was a former head coach of the fucking Toronto Maple Syrup fucking sad-ass team. Leafs. Maple syrup. <laughs> you don't bless the Maple Leafs with such a sweet Canadian treasure. They don't deserve that in their name. Uh, it's the just so syrup. bloody frustrating with every time they have to come up with something about this guy or that guy that ever donned a suit or a jersey with the bloody team. And it's like, why? Why have every other coach that's ever been fired being hired elsewhere outside the NHL? We have to bring up someone from the Toronto Maple Leafs there. And, like, it, it's so funny where, like, even Toronto's still having to pay him for a few more years still at just a shade under $6 million. Of course, like, they don't care yep. and they're fine with that. Um, but it's just – it was just so aggravating the entire time when they're – even all the media were completely had hard-ons for it where they're just like, wow, you know what? We're, Toronto's going to get the best coach in the league. It's like, give me a goddamn break. If you're saying he's the best coach in the league, you should not be holding that title of your job right now. 
I mean, they did. They have cleaned house in Sportsnet, and it hasn't helped. So, I mean, it really sucks at Sportsnet. Yeah, because they're still bringing sucks. subjects up about him. And now I'm getting pissed off having to talk about his podcast because they're still talking and bringing him up when he has nothing to do with the NHL or even hockey now these days. Oh, no. Yeah, it's We've really, angered the beast. Well, <laughs> well, it's not even that. Spencer's right, though, because imagine, like, imagine you have two teams that are not Toronto playing on a specific night. And the content you deliver between periods is about the team that's not even playing. You know, like there's yeah. no like there's no focus that that is on the other teams. Like this happened during an Ottawa broadcast too. They like brought some facts up about the Toronto Maple Leafs aren't even playing. It's it would be literally like oh here we are gold medal of the like thousand you know breaststroke swim and men's and we're gonna be talking about like. Oh, we're going to talk about, like, uh, the U-17 junior girls basketball in Lithuania Tier 7. Yeah. It's like there's Something no connection yo. or anything whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just, yeah. I, I try to remain zen about it. I try to, I try to do the, the meditation thing where I, I try not to let it anger me. I'm the opposite of you, Spencer. I'm not going <laughs> to go too crazy on here. I'm just going to enjoy you going crazy and, and, and and get angry through you. I, I send my med- my meditation sends my anger to you so you can amplify it to everybody. I enjoy the failure. I enjoy <laughs> well, that's, that's different. That's different. But that is the best thing is the failure that always comes with Toronto. Yep. I eat it up. So they're doing pretty num, num, decent num. right now. Y'all think they're just going to choke later? They do that every they year, though. All, if you, well, yeah, if you look the time, up the definition so of choking, <laughs> it just says Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> okay. Yeah, pretty much. Even when yeah. you have to go to paramedic school, like the choking hazard <laughs> sign is literally hold up a Maple Leafs jersey. It's not even hands to your throat anymore. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Sure. Yep. Yeah, I mean, pretty it, much. You know, it, it could be any team first in the league. Like, what? I think uh, – 2001 was the last time we saw both uh, first order. Sorry, 2000 like you know just for those like stats wise and everything. 2001 was the last Stanley Cup Finals where we saw both number one seeds make it to the finals together. Right. The Eastern Conference hasn't had a, their number one seeded team make it to the finals since I think Tampa Bay in 2004. Um, yeah. Even like your President Trophy winners, I think we've only seen two so far this century. I know definitely uh, Chicago in 2013, and I believe Tampa Bay in 04 as well, and obviously 2001. But it's it's like yeah, they can be number yeah. one all they want, but end of the day, it's fucking Toronto. The only thing they succeed yeah, at is being failures and choking and not succeeding. So when was the last time they actually had a decent run? 67. Yeah, there's only six teams in the league. <laughs> So before my mother was even born. Okay, got <laughs> like, you. Before, like, Proclamate Canada was made in 1867. Um, <laughs> I mean, like... That's tr- a good like, shout-out. So, like, Toronto hasn't won a playoff series since 2004. Oh, gosh. They've only made the playoffs four times since then. So you're telling me Ottawa has done better? Yes. Every team but Florida <laughs> has done better. <laughs> well, that's saying something. And... <laughs> Technically, I think that if Florida, yeah, I mean Florida is technically played two games less, so they'd be tied with the Maple Leafs for first in the league very soon. So we might even be able to take away best from the Leafs this year right. soon, as from you know from with the Florida Panthers. Yeah, no, Jeez. it's 
it, it's it's the uh, if we can ever get a Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup, the next best thing is always seeing Toronto dismantle themselves some way somehow and good old Toronto fashion and everything. I mean, the best example was Game 7 in 2013. They're up 4-1 in Game 7 in the first round, and they wind up losing in overtime. They're up 4-1 with just under 11 minutes left in the series. In the game, in the series, in the first round, and, well, you know, they somehow wound up having, like, a hockey love shoved down their throat, choking on it, and enjoying seeing Boston celebrate victorious in overtime there in Massachusetts. Yeah, well, <laughs> the pronunciation on that. <laughs> uh, it is Massachusetts. He's, he is correct. I don't know why, but anytime I hear it, I just hear Massachusetts. So. <laughs> yeah, because of Mimo there all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Massachusetts, that's right. Uh, speaking of, I did take two massive shits earlier today. So Thank you I'd for let, that information. I let the lads know. Thank you. Nice. Good like, for you. Yeah, thanks, mate. It's, it's as great that. as hearing Babcock, you know, being hired as University of Saskatchewan. <laughs> oh gosh but yeah. anyways you know that well we'll see that wraps it up for this episode there isn't a whole lot really truly going on it, no. you know enjoy all the games that are coming up as we end this month here and look forward to actually when this episode drops it will be march so two months down of 2021 10 more to go and we'll look forward to the rest of the hockey season here actually before we end this podcast i got one thing matt who was the uh, famous goalkeeper that played for the Montreal Canadiens and Colorado Avalanche and wore number 33? Patrick? Roy. Oh, my wow. God. <laughs> Thank there you, Matthew. You Thank Jesus you. Jesus Christ. He nearly, Thank you. he nearly did it, I don't it know too. why I said Roy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I think thought too fast. Thank you. Oh, you realize, my God. You realize the Roy's win because you said it once as well, Steph. This is... This is fantastic. The solid, Why? The, the smooth Why? brain, the smooth brains win. <laughs> Why? No. Yes. No. I immediately corrected, though, right? You did. You're good. You're good. You did correct yourself. I'll give you that. But Jesus Christ. Uh, okay. I well, love I'm it. not French. I think uh, I think I'll let Spencer try to wrap up the episode here. I'm gonna sign out and go cry in the washroom for two hours, three, Thank three you for hours to be it exact. Up. Thank you. Bless your soul. Uh. <laughs> Better, are you capable? Alright, well, thank you all for joining in and listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. Picked up on some few facts and never under and underestimate why we enjoy our surname game uh, for these particular reasons. And we hope to catch you on the next shift. Peace!